What's your worst money mistake you've ever made? Uh, my worst money mistake I ever made was... Just pick one. You're suggesting that there's been more than one. Uh, putting money on a horse at the Melbourne <laughs> Cup is up there because I, I really, I just, I'm not a gambler. No. I, I can't do the odds thing. I, having studied finance and investment and all that stuff for so many years, it just, I really, it does my head in, makes me cranky. Um, my worst money mistake, far out. I actually think it was uh, it was some investments I made pre GFC and just over gearing. So yep. went into these geared products where gearing or leveraging where you know there's borrowing within the product and uh, just had an overly optimistic view of the future, uh, like a lot of people, and it tends to be what brings people unstuck. But um, yeah, I didn't lose a heck of a lot of money. I think it was only fifty grand or something like that. Um, so it didn't sort of send me broke, but it was pretty painful. I can tell you, it was a lot of super, self-managed super that went out the window when everything uh, tanked. How about you? Bought a sewing machine once I'd ever used. <laughs> That's your worst money decision. <laughs> Maybe not putting away some um, capital gains tax money. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, and uh, that was pre-bought a property, pre-boom, mm-hmm. sold it after boom. And didn't have the money for the tax bill? No. Ow. We made a lot of money on that, which now has most of it gone to tax now. But Isn't that yeah. good fun? Yeah. I should have had a better accountant. Mm. Yeah, the value of a good advisor. Actually, I'm going to add one more thing. I know this is turning into a long intro, but uh, do you know, the, I reckon the biggest mistake I, I've made with money, especially as a self-employed business owner, is not paying myself first. Yeah. Paying myself after everybody else if there's money left, and I've gone through periods in business where I, you know, haven't gone so well, and um, and not paid myself for a long time. It was I the think, dumbest thing I've ever done. Yeah, and I think mine. This is a bit um, airy fairy, maybe, but actually viewing money as the enemy. Mm, yeah, mindset stuff around money is hardcore. Oh, yeah, brings so many people unstuck. Anyway, that that wasn't really a short question intro, but hey. (laughs) No. Uh, A little philosophical and insightful Mm. today. Uh, So, joining us... No, what are you doing? (laughs) Oh, that's right. We've got to cut that bit out. I can do that. Welcome to the Tradies Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. All right, I'll do that properly now. (laughs) (laughs) The intro's just been happening, this little song. That's right. Then we have the thing and the other thing. Got a bit carried away. I was a bit excited about today's guest and uh, and the topic of conversation, which is finance and numbers and cash flow and uh, and. Forecasting. Where's that fork so I can stab my eye with it? <laughs> and you know what? That's the reaction of most people, Michaela, is uh, oh, budgets and accountants are boring. And uh, you know what? You need to slap yourself around a bit and get rid of that mindset because of all the things that bring businesses unstuck, you know, we talk about money and decisions about money and that sort of stuff. Of all the things that bring businesses unstuck, I reckon the most common one and the easiest one to fix is this this dumb headspace about accounting stuff and about 
budgets and profit and loss statements and all of those things. Um, and I don't know if it's because people are afraid of them or they don't understand them or they feel stupid or they just don't want to because it's not exciting and it's not a new ute or a new account for, you know, $500,000 or something like that. But it really is such simple stuff that can make such a massive difference to a business, especially one that's growing. And uh, today's guest is going to actually talk in quite simple terms about some of the most common mistakes made by businesses that are growing or about to grow. Yes, uh, I actually understood most of it. So Yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, so it is <laughs> worth listening to. <laughs> you did leave me hanging a bit though, Michaela. Oh, I did. Yeah, I did go off the ferry. And I did, <laughs> hang on, we're recording again. What's Warwick doing? I better... Oh, what are they talking about? Break even? Oh. <laughs> Sound anyway, <laughs> so um, Michael Garoni is from a group called Business Depot, and this is a cool bunch of people uh, based out of Brisbane and Melbourne, and they're expanding uh, their offices around the country. But they're pretty much a, a collective or a collaboration of, of a bunch of business experts, everything from accounting to legal to marketing. Uh, and Michael is uh, one of the founders there, and he's very experienced in the uh, building and construction sector and the trade sector when it comes to uh, basically accounting and finance and superannuation and all that sort of boring stuff that we all switch off to. And I know we've covered these things on the show before, uh, and I don't think we can cover them too much because if you want to grow your business, you need to get this stuff right. And you know what? It's actually not that hard to get it right. Uh, there's some fantastic tools out there that Michael will talk through. Uh, there are some simple things that you need to put in place, and you really can minimize the risk of growing yourself out of business. Uh, and I wrote a blog post about this on the uh, Tradies Business Show website recently, I think. Uh, and if I didn't, well, I'll write one and stick it up there. <laughs> you did, you did. I did, yeah. Michaela was just giving me a funny look here in the studio. But... Uh, but yeah, you, you can literally grow yourself out of business. So um, have a listen to Michael's points. We'll uh, we'll put these in the show notes as well so you can actually tick them off, make sure you've got those in place in your business. And uh, apart from that, maybe a strong cup of coffee or perhaps a whiskey or something just to get you through the next 20 minutes or so. <laughs> And joining us today at the Tradies Business Show is an expert on all things accounting, which uh, don't tune out, don't tune out, listeners. Oh, this is going to be riveting, uh, isn't it? <laughs> I've probably done Michael a disservice in saying that, but uh, Michael Garoni from Business Depot joins us today. So welcome to the show, Michael. Guys, thanks a lot for having me on. So what makes you a, a non-boring accountant? Oh, I think accountants, we sometimes get a... Get a hard, hard stick taken to us, but I've got, uh, I've acted in the building and construction industry for over 20, 20 years now. So I've seen the little guys start up through to guys moving on and successioning their business. So and we act more as an accounting and advisory business. So we really can get in and help people at the nuts and bolts. And that comes from having a building construction specialty in the business. And from that also flows of property development and real estate arms. So we've got the, that sort of property and building industry well covered. And so how did you come to specialise in that construction space? Because we see a lot of people who, I guess, target um, that industry and, and tradies as well because it, it's a fairly big market. But what was the progression for yourself, Michael? It's like anything where you, you find the, the people you're dealing with in the industry, 
Um, you've got a strong cross-section of people doing interesting things. Like you said, it's a growth industry. Um, and it's always been there in a big way. And what we've often spotted is people were just trying to do ordinary you know, accounting and compliance without having that deeper understanding of their clients' businesses to actually help them out. So I just found we, we kept digging a little bit deeper and found we really got a good understanding of the wider, wider business and could help people with the more unusual things like work in progress that tend to be big headaches for people. Cool, cool. And uh, so, Michael, bit of a bit of a left of field question here. What's what's something most people wouldn't know about you? Oh, I'm a I'm a rabid cowboy supporter coming from <laughs> coming from North Queensland, uh, but I've, I've been down here since uh, 2000. So that's probably my big uh, my big one that people don't know about. North Queensland boy, certainly. Nice. Well, there's a few happy campers up there. Uh, well, unhappy, I guess, but uh, you know, it was it's been some good football lately. So uh, we'll we'll stick with business, though. <laughs> Obviously, Warwick doesn't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> look, I think they got further than uh, than a lot of people anticipated. But anyway, um, <laughs> they didn't make the grand final. Yeah. Well, it's not always about winning, Michaela. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unless you're in business, perhaps. So. So, Michael, um, you've obviously you guys have been working with uh, you know construction, building, trade businesses for quite some time. Uh, you know, we we usually try and talk about, I guess, the positive stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, we thought it might be useful to shortcut some of the uh, I don't know some of the fluff a little bit and just jump straight into some of the mistakes that you've seen as as a way to help people avoid those. Um, What's some of the common errors that you've seen businesses make, particularly those that are growing? Because I know a lot of our listeners are keen to grow their businesses. And look, um, I think the interesting thing is that you're always going to make mistakes when you're growing because you're actually trying and doing things. So I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing making mistakes. Um, but, you know, I think we're seeing a good good starting point is when you're growing, understanding your cash and your cash position and thinking about the modelling you need to actually do to make it work. So if, you, if you're growing but you're not banking profit, then sooner or later it comes unstuck anyway because if you're expanding your working capital, debtors, work in progress, but the cash isn't flowing, then you're going to run into problems. So you, re- you really need to have a good good grasp on those types of things. If it's going to work. So, what's what's some of the reasons that the cash doesn't flow? I mean, we talk about growing businesses, but not seeing the money. And I, I have uh, my own clients complain on occasion, uh, and business owners that I talk to that, you know, I'm, I'm working harder. We've got more clients. I've got more staff. I'm growing the business. Sales are up, but I can't see any of it in my bank account. Like, what what causes that, Michael? I mean, the two most common ones, certainly for your commercial contractors, is that your debtor's ledger gets larger and your work in progress ledger often gets larger at the same time. So if you double your business and you're used to sitting on 100 grand of debtors, you'll probably be sitting on 200 grand's worth of debtors at the end of that expansion, and that's going to tie up an extra 100 grand of cash. So people often just don't, they're not focused on where the cash is going to go when it occurs. Mm, so it's, it's uh, they've done the work, paid for 
you know, materials, paid for labour, but they haven't been paid for it themselves yet. That's exactly right. So your accounts might tell you you've made profit, but you've tied a whole lot of cash up and more assets and you need to manage those assets like debtors carefully so they don't go bad or other problems materialise. Mm. So not uh, not tracking the numbers is, is the first mistake you're talking about. Uh, what are some of the other common ones that people make when they're growing a business? Um, certainly one where a big believer that you need to do a rolling forecast. Certainly as businesses get larger that you're updating that you know, quarter to quarter or month to month sometimes, especially where you're growing rapidly, just so you're thinking about those dips where, you know, maybe not enough revenue is planned for the next couple of months. So, you know, you can refocus people on doing something about it. Or a big one we talk to clients about in this last quarter is what are they going to do in the lead up to Christmas? What planning are they doing to make sure enough revenues come in before the Christmas break when everyone tends to stop for two to four weeks and what work's going to be on hand in January. So that's that continuing rolling forecast to make sure we're not just having a history lesson on the numbers but thinking about what everyone needs to do in the future. Mm, it's a very common thing of not looking far enough ahead to see what's coming. It'll be like driving your car, you know, staring at the road one metre in front of you uh, and so many people do that in their businesses, unfortunately. That's right. We always go, a rolling forecast is effect, very effective in helping people identify their blind blind spots. Mm. So it's always always easy to track history, but it's where are the blind spots? Are we short on revenue? Are we not realising enough margin to make it through? So with things like uh, rolling forecasts, is that where you would, you know, use that to see whether, you know, you can afford to put on a new employee or, or invest in some extra capital? That's exactly right. So it helps you do, you know, nice, easy modelling that says, you know, if you're bringing on, and a good example of a client of ours was if you're bringing on a new project manager to help expand the business and he's on a hundred grand wage and you only make 10% margin, then we know from doing that, we need to add a million dollars over the year just to break, break even without considering other overheads. So it helps you see that in the model quickly and go, well, if you don't believe you can do the extra million dollars of turnover, then obviously something's not working. So we need to re- rethink the strategy. Mm, all right. So we've got uh, we've got a couple of biggies there. Uh, what are some other mistakes, Michael? Um, big one we see, which I guess flows on from the numbers, is people not understanding their break-even point. And break-even just really means, yeah, what's that monthly amount of turnover you need to do to pay for all your costs and at least pay to keep yourself with food on the food on the table. So, and that's more important when you expand. If we go back to that last example, is that we need to understand as we're growing and adding on overheads, what do we need to do to actually break even on that? And what do we need to do on top of that to make a real profit? And we often find, you know, as people, as an example, if you double in turnover from you know, 5 mil to 10 mil, sometimes there isn't a lot of profit increase from 5 to 8 mil. You might really find in the modelling you need to get to that 9 or 10 mil number to get your profit sweet spot. We often use that terminology, profit, the sweet spot where you're making that extra profit, not just adding the overheads yeah, when you're yeah. growing. Yeah, because growing a business, 
actually uh, does cost money. <laughs> Despite what some people think, you, you can just bring in more sales and keep your costs at the same level and uh, all of a sudden you're making a ton more money, but it's not really the case, is it? That's right. It's not just an arrow pointing upwards <laughs> with a, a nice, easy, flat liner growth. <laughs> uh, not, not unless you're a bank. Well, that might change for them. <laughs> so it could be a good thing for all of us. Hopefully so. And so with break-even, Michael, can you just unpack that a little bit? Because, uh, you know, I'm standing here as a, uh, a long-time-ago reformed accountant, uh, knowing exactly what that means. Yep. But for, for our listeners, when you talk break-even, uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Break-even. So really that's in so one, one month as an example. Uh, we go and grab what's all your fixed overhead, so the things you have to pay month to month um, that you can't avoid. So that's going to be things like your rental premises that you're leasing, the vehicles and trucks that you might operate, um, lease payments, high purchase payments. Now, all those monthly outgoings that whether you get turnover or not, those costs are there month to month. And would you include uh, an owner's wage or basic salary in calculating that break-even point? Yeah, that's exactly right. We we consider that. I mean, that's an essential because if you're not meeting that, you've got to be borrowing that money from somewhere to fund it. So we often do it on two levels. One is we go, what's a proper owner's salary? They should be taking out of business. And often if their needs are greater than that, which they can be because they've got home loan payments or other things occurring, then might also do a second calculation. Yeah, cool, because it's, it's, it's a common thing I see as well is people not including uh, paying themselves in uh, if they do have a break-even. You know, they're thinking of it in terms of just the business breaking even, but, uh, you know, they're not paying their number one employee, which is themselves. And that's right. If you're not, not paying yourself, then at, at some stage things are going to come unstuck. I mean, that's your value driver. Um, You've got to pay yourself or you might as well be working for someone else. <laughs> that's right. So uh, break-even, really important. Uh, so that's three. I, I feel like we should make this into five, Michael. You know, there's the old five or the seven tips. But uh, have, you, have you seen any, I guess, not necessarily horror stories, but are there any cautionary tales that you can share with us around those first few points? Um, look, so certainly, I mean, I think there's always there's plenty of good stories that come out of these painful moments, but I, I can think of one client over recent years where, you know, I'm, I guess going through these growing pains, we got involved far more in the business when we picked up a few issues and what, what had happened is they were at that point where they were really starting that growth trajectory and we realised things like, margins that we expected on jobs to be closer to 15 and 20 percent started coming in at five percent as these jobs went to went to site so it was really about and we knew that would then affect their ability to grow their their building license um, turnover so we we're able to step in early and identify jobs as to why those jobs were going to site with poor margins and that involved everything from poor estimating to the salespeople not being on top of um, what amounts they needed to be selling at. And we also realised the purchase orders and order book 
weren't up to date. So it turned out some of those jobs were closer to a 10% margin rather than 5%. Um, and we were able to step in um, before the cash flow really started running running dry. Mm. And that's one of the key things is to uh, recognise when things are getting off the rails early and go digging and do something about it because if you leave it too long, it can be, well, in some cases, impossible to turn it around. And that's right for this, certainly for this client of ours and one of our long-standing clients, they had the ability and knowledge to step in quickly and take action and we found we had a variety of um, issues that could be easily resolved. I think it's interesting to point out here that um, a lot of people listening may not see the value necessarily in getting really good business advice or understanding that their accountant is actually an asset to their business rather than an expense and being able to do these kind of things can really help them um, you know in the long term make a profit so I think it's important to you know understand that these kind of <coughs> excuse me um, advisory and accounting services really can work to your favor and to treat it like an investment in your business not necessarily an expense well that that's exactly right because we look at when things do go astray and the longer they they are a problem the more it always costs the business the more there is to turn around in that client's case we were able to turn it around quickly because we identified a problem in one month and over that next quarter they were able to address it and they were growing quickly so they found you know by the time we got to the next quarter there was more and newer problems but we were still able to step in and deal with those before they cost a lot more money <laughs> yeah because the problems actually uh, get bigger and more expensive to fix so uh, and often requires a lot more hard work from the business owners or directors to do that, uh, which is a diversion from working hard towards their growth plans rather than you know backfilling holes that have been created. That's exactly right. I think one of my builders uses the expression that often when you're on site and there is a problem there, often those cracks get wider initially, but you slowly start putting those cracks back together and get the job back on track. And I think it's the quicker you can get those cracks, because always be some cracks. You just don't want them to become giant, giant fishes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want them to be ones that you fall into. No. <laughs> so, Michael, uh, any other common uh, faux pas that that people make on this growth path? You know, when they start getting excited about growing their business. Yeah, I mean, another very common one we see is people not maintaining their margins. So people start, as they grow bigger, might start saying if their benchmark return was 15% margin, they might feel as they're getting bigger that, you know, they can reduce that number to 10% um, and take on, you know, bigger jobs. But because they haven't done the modelling, they don't realise that they might actually be starting to make a loss on those jobs or they're just doing a hell of a lot more work for no, no profit. Like we always say you're better off doing five mil a turnover to make 500 grand than doing 10 mil to make 500 grand or less. You've got more problems. <laughs> you have far more problems at 10 mil to manage than you do at that smaller size. So there's no point growing um, and doing less, less margin unless you, you're really going to grow to a very significant size. So you have to do that modeling. Mm, and a bit of a common theme with a lot of these, and certainly it's, uh, I guess, accepted wisdom amongst advisors, is that there's really 
too much focus on that top line revenue uh, and not enough on what's happening at the bottom line or, or with profit and cash flow uh, because like you say you know the 10 million dollar business has a hell of a lot more risk and a lot more work and a lot more moving parts involved uh, than a 5 million and and may not actually make any more money if it's not run well enough so it's it's uh, still baffles me that people don't uh, understand their profit and how it's generated uh, and how to track it and how to read the reports. So uh, I always feel good getting people like you on the show, Michael, because it makes me feel a little less crazy after beating my head against the wall with people. Look, there's great easy-to-use software these days that you can roll these things out far more cost-effectively than anyone could, you know, back even seven, eight years ago that you can easily do rolling forecasts and software that don't have people doesn't require a major task mm. at the end of each month or quarter as people catch up. Your budgets and cash flows you set, you can input quite easily into most software like Zero and Myob and others to do all this tracking and forecasting. So it's not it's not difficult to do, nor costly these days. No, indeed. What what proportion of uh, businesses that you come across, Michael, I mean, this, this might be tough to answer, but uh, do you see many people using that? functionality in their accounting software because I don't think there'd be too many people that don't have decent accounting software certainly in the businesses that you would be dealing with and and most of our listeners but how many are actually using that stuff? Funnily enough not as many use the budgeting software that sits within Zero and Mob as much as they should I mean a lot of that functionality has been there a long time but I think people find it just don't seem to have the inspiration to set up those budgets and, in, and get the data in there so mm. Mm. I, I uh, was having a conversation uh, just this week actually with one of my wingman clients about their budgets and we've put a lot of work into this over the last month of coming up with uh, budgets and forecasts and the final step is to load that into their accounting package they happen to be using zero and I, I mean I've I came from the old school uh, you know, Excel spreadsheets and, um, you know, they still have a place. But for this particular business, you know, it's a reasonable sized business. I actually said, you know, I can't believe how good the budgeting uh, functionality is in in zero and it doesn't cost any more money to have it. Uh, so, you know, why wouldn't we use that? He's logging into it every day to check the bank balance. Like, stop doing that. Log in every day and check your budget. That's right, and it makes it really easy for everyone to generate and see those reports month to month to see how you're tracking. It's you know saves people exporting to Excel spreadsheets and doing a whole lot of work at the end of each month. Absolutely, and then decisions can obviously made, be made a lot quicker about uh, you know what to change to influence those numbers. And and I suppose you know putting words in your mouth here, Michael. I'm guessing that's a big reason behind uh, why you do what you do is is to help people with that decision making. That's exactly right. I mean, you ne- you're never successful as an accountant or advisor unless your your clients and customers are successful. So, the more you help them, the better it is for both parties. Cool, cool. So uh, we've got some good budgets, rolling forecasts. We know our break even. We've got a good advisor to help us interpret all of this. Uh, you know, making sure our margins are being maintained. Any final final points or uh, words of, of caution or wisdom from you, Michael, around growing a business? 
I mean, certainly my last one, and perhaps this one should even be first sometimes, I think, is you've got to have good people on board that are ready to go with you on that growth story. Because if you don't have good people with you in your finance section, your project managers, people on site, then your ability to grow and do so successfully um, is always unlikely. I think you've heard that analogy, getting the right people on the bus. It was, you know, I've sat people down and said, where they've went on large growth strategies and said to the owner, I don't believe you have all the right people on board at the moment. Um, and I think he used the terms, yeah, I know a few of them are looking quite, are looking very scared and I don't think they're going to make it. I remember saying, well, you know, shouldn't we address that now before the business doubles in size if we really don't think people can handle it now? So, mm. and, and it's also important, you know, any business can be a lonely, lonely journey. So you don't want to be the sole source of wisdom in your business and certainly not as it grows as you become more reliable, more reliant on other people to help make it happen. And so uh, with that whole thing of, of having the right team assembled, uh, I, I'm keen to get your perspective on this, Michael, but do, do you think business owners wait too long to make those tough decisions? Um, I think pe- the harder part, I think, for people is often finding the right people. Um, I don't think they ne- people necessarily leave it too late. It's just that when they go looking in the market, it can be fine, hard to find the right estimators, the right project managers, because people don't always sort of have those recruitment processes in place. They're always sort of, you know, can be just plucking people out of the crowd <laughs> yeah. and hoping it works. So I think that's probably the harder part of it. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, there's some fantastic tips there, Michael. So for anybody listening that is either growing their business or thinking about taking steps to grow their business, you really need to uh, uh, you know, make sure you've got those ducks lined up. Michael, one of the questions we like to ask our guests on the show, and, and uh, you know, you've already given us a heap of great, great content there, but um, if you had a 1,000 trade business owners in a room, 1,000 tradies, uh, what, what is one piece of advice you would like to leave them with? And they're growing their business. Either either, mate. Could be anything. Life. Could be, uh, you know, always wear clean undies or something. <laughs> I'd say growth. Growth is one of those, I guess, trendy words at the moment. But if you're going to do it, you just have to accept sometimes that you're going to make some mistakes on that, on that journey. And it's all about learning and partnering up with the right people so that it's not a, not a journey on your own. Mm, absolutely mate uh, very good point well Michael thank you so much for joining us today and uh, and actually taking a fairly dry topic and uh, and making it pretty easy to understand actually uh, you've done well mate uh, if people wanted to find out more about yourself or uh, or the team there at Business Depot how would they uh, go about doing that Michael uh, certainly so any any search our website is it businessdepot.com.au and myself, Michael Graney, can be found on that website and all my contact details. So thanks very much for having me on the Tradies uh, Business Show. I no appreciate way. it. And thanks very much. Well, thank you for not being too boring. <laughs>
<laughs> when it comes to finances. I kind of tune out during these episodes. Yeah, did you notice Michaela went a bit quiet? It's like she leaves all of the all of the uh, interviewing of of finance type people and advisors up to me, but uh, I get pretty excited about this stuff because I see what happens when people get it wrong. That's exactly right, and it's I mean, it's always worth remembering as an accountant. It's just one part of the equation, the numbers, um, but an, an important part. Mm, absolutely. Well, Michael, thanks again, mate. Uh, I know you're a busy man, so uh, we'll leave you to go save somebody else from another horrible uh, mistake in their business, and uh, we look forward to speaking to you again soon. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Bye. Cheers. So that was uh, Michael from the Business Depot and, uh, like we said, uh, a pretty concise, straightforward explanation of some of the biggest mistakes that uh, businesses experience in sort of a hyper-growth phase, which is happening in the industry at the moment because uh, there's a lot of demand around. Mm, Which is cool to see, actually. It is. And uh, what will also help you with hyper-growth is the Tradies Business Toolkit, which is our online community of tradies. We have a private Facebook community in there where you can ask questions and we'll answer them for you and every week we have a live Q&A video uh, where we can take any challenge that you've got at the moment and either Warwick or I will attempt to answer it. Well, I think we've done a pretty good job so far. I think, yes. We'll, we'll give you a long response anyway. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, there's copies of all the old ones. So if you join now, you still can see all the, the live questions. And these are all questions that every business owner basically at one point has faced and particularly good if you're starting out as well. Hmm. So, uh, you know, we talk about having good advisors on your team and Michael mentioned that in uh, in the interview as well. As a Tradies Business Toolkit member, you get access to... Two very experienced advisors being me and Michaela. And you get some other cool tools and spreadsheets and stuff to do with finance and marketing, all sorts of stuff. Budget spreadsheets. Heaps of stuff. But anyway, tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash toolkit if you want to find out more. Well, thanks for joining us on the Tradies Business Show. Great to have you with us as a listener and uh, we appreciate your feedback as always. So look forward to hearing from you. Until next episode. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools and into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.